Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You want to replay the point? Okay. Mr. Vavrinka wants to replay the point. 15 on. Welcome to Replay the Point. Today is Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. Pete Z. Brown of Tennis Acumen joined by Karen Health of Tennis View Magazine. Good evening, Karen. Hi, Pete. Yep, and uh, Karen, you had the uh, pleasure of being in Stanford, California on the campus of Stanford University for the majority of the tournament last week. Uh, that wrapped up with an All-American final, Madison Keys taking out Coco Vandeweghe, first time we've had an All-American final that did not involve one of the Williams sisters in quite some time. But uh, before we get to some of the action, I want to get um, your your feel for, uh, again, you've been to Stanford a few other times before, but uh, what was it like being on, on site at Stanford, Karen? Well, you know, the college campus is always something special, and um you know, it's a, it's a much more open environment than you might find with some of the, you know, the bigger tournaments. Um, and then it's extremely open in terms of the courts and the practices and things like that. And I would say size-wise, it's a little bit bigger than what we used to have up at La Costa, but, but not a whole lot bigger. So it's a very intimate tournament. So it's a great place for young kids to come you know, and get some up-close photos with players, get to watch them practicing, and really even getting autographs signed and things like that after the, the matches are played is is, is pretty easy thing to do. Um, nice. The draw this year was fabulous. I mean, you don't get much better than having the Wimbledon champion, having Maria Sharapova back, Petra Kvitova back, some very exciting Americans, as you mentioned, Coco Vandaway, Madison Keys, Cece Bellis, Nicole Gibbs, and I'll throw in there also Jennifer Brady. Um, so, you know, very nice draw, Kayla Day as well. And uh, the weather was, was pretty typical Californian, so that was great. No, nice to hear. And uh, uh, Cece Bellis, this is someone I want to talk about uh, as recently as a couple of years ago. Granted, she's very young. Karen, uh, she was in action here at a 25K in Surprise, Arizona in February, I believe it was a couple of years ago, uh, was able to see part of that match. And here she is, next thing we know, uh, defeating quite handily Petra Kvitova, uh, bageled her in one of the sets. I think it was two love. And then um, uh, actually that was a quarterfinal. Uh, didn't fare as well against Coco Vandeweghe, but uh, we'll talk about Cece Bellis uh, a little bit later on with uh, what she's doing in Canada this week. But uh, did you have a chance to see any of her at Stanford? 
Oh, yeah. I got to see Cece. I also had a chance to see her last year, so it was nice to kind of watch her progression with her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll repeat what Venus Williams had to say about her last year. She's a feisty, feisty young player, and mm-hmm. very exciting is what Venus had to say. And it continues to hold true. I think it's also a reason why she does draw some crowds. Um, for as young as she is, she plays with a lot of confidence, does not back down. She's aggressive, and she goes for her shots. So, you know, that we don't see that with everyone. I mean, we're, you know, we're kind of seeing it this year with Ostapanko, but I'd say she's got that similar quality. Nice, nice. Now, that's a good comparison for people who have not yet seen CeCe Bellis. And, and along those lines, just to elaborate further, um, Karen, would that almost be sort of in between an Ostapenko and a Camilla Georgie or closer to Ostapenko or just going for it all like, like Georgie or uh, uh, is she just her own player that has a resemblance of Ostapenko but maybe not so much? Um, I would say maybe a little bit more like Ostapenko. I would actually say in terms of maturity now as opposed to last year, She's quite a step up from where I saw her. So mm-hmm. I think that in itself is really impressive. Um, you know, I, she also looks to me as though she has definitely worked on physicality. Um, her legs seem to be a little more built out stronger than they appeared a year ago. She also looks like mm-hmm. she's maybe a little taller because she's still young. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, all those things are, are growth in all the right directions. Um I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know that I would put her exactly like anyone. I think she is more her own player, but definitely not lacking in the guts to go out there and go for it. And I think that's rare that we see that in someone so young. Uh, it's refreshing to hear, and as you mentioned, the fans have definitely picked up on it. Uh, uh, the fact that uh, she's getting a lot of crowds watching her play. They're very appreciative of, of that style of tennis and. Karen, the champion, Madison Keys. There were some questions about her, obviously, uh, this year, but a uh, couple nice wins there, especially back end of the tournament. Defeated Garbina Muguruza in the semis and then Coco Vandeweghe in the final. What uh, what Keys matches were you able to, to see, and is she progressing nicely? Are, were these solid wins, or were they uh, maybe not the opponent not playing so well, or how would you how would you rank these wins for Madison Keys? Um, only caught, I caught the final and I caught some of her match against Garbine, and I did not see the match against American Caroline Dolhide, uh, but that match was a three-setter, and she actually dropped the first set, and I talked to some folks that said, I believe Dolhide's coach was kind of out there telling her, it's okay, it's okay, she was kind of having a bit of a meltdown, and it was interesting because there's a French coach saying that's the exact opposite of what I would have been telling her. I would have been telling her, you know, you can do this. Look, you got the first set. And it sounded like Dolhad kind of went away more than he dominated in that first match. But that's just what I kind of heard from the crowd. Um, you know, solid wind over Serenko, who, you know, is, is an up-and-coming player starting to make some bit of a name for herself. Uh, and then it just seemed like Madison – got stronger as the event progressed. Um, mm-hmm. The match, the final, was an excellent final. I mean, you look at the final score, 7-6, 4-6-4. And, you know, 
<clears throat> we're not talking about an opponent who can't serve, right? She was playing Coco Vandeweghe, who's mm-hmm. one of the strongest servers on the women's tour right now. Both of them were clocking in in the 114 to I even saw a 121 come off of Madison's racket. Um, you know, the first set was toe for toe. It was largely a baseline game, as you would expect with both of those two players. Lots of power shots. Um, going for the line, going deep, you know, uh, fast returns coming back. And mm-hmm. that first set really could have gone either way. Um, Coco held together quite well after dropping that first set. And really the second set was also very close. And it was only in the ninth game that Keys got the break and gave her the opportunity then to serve out. So, um, it was a very good match, very high quality, um, suspenseful, just because, you know, things were that tight and they really were having to produce some excellent ground strokes on both sides. Nice, nice to hear. You mentioned Caroline Dolhide, uh, Karen, took a set off eventual champion Madison Keys. She played, uh, this is interesting, again, we're, here we are, just went into August, Karen, mid-February this year, I mentioned the tournament in Surprise, Arizona, that I saw Bellis play two years ago. Caroline Dolhide came through qualifying in Surprise this year and won the tournament. She won eight matches in Surprise. So here's someone that, who's playing a 25K, you know, less than six months ago and took a set off of Madison Keys, who won Stanford. Nice nice progress. We've got some very nice young up, up-and-coming Americans, but just wanted to point that out. Uh, these uh, mm-hmm. these young ladies are, are playing well. They're progressing. And uh, uh, as you like as well, it's always great to see young players at a, at a smaller tournament. Uh, the surprise tournament, I know that uh, Rancho Santa Fe, not too far from you as well. So these are these are treats to be able to see these ladies play. And um, Karen, um, want to? Uh, I know that obviously you mentioned some of the back end of the tournament, semifinals and finals. But what were some of the favorite matches uh, that you were able to see in person at Stanford? Um, my absolute favorite, just because she's one of my sentimental favorites too, was uh, the very first match I got to see, which was. Francesca Schiavone playing Bondarenko. Uh, it was an evening match. Interestingly, it was very much a Schiavone crowd. Uh, lots of cheering for her. And, you know, didn't win the match, but she left her heart out there. And mm-hmm. it was, it, it was I think, one of the more interesting matches that I saw, you know, because you could really see Bondarenko was, they were both hitting very strong, but Bondarenko has, quite a height advantage over Francesca as well, but we know Francesca is such a great mover. And you could really see Francesca thinking through, all right, let me try this. Let me try that. And the other thing that was amazing to watch her do was she kept changing up the depth and height of her shots so that Bondarenko would have a different, you know, height spot to have to hit at. It was Mm -hmm. from high to low to high to low to high to low, so she couldn't get into a rhythm. (laughs) And, you know, you don't see a lot of players that, you know, she's got very high tennis IQ and and is able to stand on that court and think very strategically in that way and, and, you know, take the steps to do it, right? You can sit out there and say, what can I do next? But to have the guts to go out there and I think the experience and the confidence to say, well, all right, 
I'll throw this at her, you know, I'll throw that at her. And uh, that was really impressive to see. I agree. And, you know, the, the year after Schiavone won the French Open, I had a chance to see her play. Um, she played Cornet on court number two, the old court number two at Indian Wells. And my biggest takeaway, I was impressed with how much power Francesca Schiavone has on court. She absolutely mm-hmm. crushed the ball. I think it's very deceptive. That certainly does not show up on television. You don't get that unless you're at a match. And I do have to ask you this, Karen. I, I don't know if you have the answer to this or not. Obviously, Francesca Scaravoni was planning on retiring this year, and then mm-hmm. I think a couple of weeks ago or a month ago was having second thoughts. Uh, are there are there any updates on that? Is she still planning to uh, retire, or hey, she you know she's even won a tournament this year, so uh, possibly she's going to have another lap around the block next year or a couple more years. Any any news on yeah. that? I really don't know. Um, I'd love to see her continue, and I know mm-hmm. that. Um, Svetlana Kuznetsova was really trying to encourage her um, mm-hmm. to keep keep going and that, you know, she's got more great tennis in her. And I absolutely agree with you on your comment about power. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, both of these women were wailing on the ball. And, in fact, I think had they not played each other first round, um, you know, I think Siovani probably would have gone a bit further. You know, Bondarenko came up against Kvitova next and was taken out. Um, but the power she gets with her frame, her structure, her fitness, um, the fluidity of her swing. I mean, she just, again, I'm not the technical expert, but if I were to look at modeling someone's strokes after her, because it just seems like she has exceptional form in the way that she finishes her shots as well. Um, it was, it was I think the first time I've seen her that close up. I know I've seen her mm-hmm. live before, but in major stadiums. And I was like 10 rows up from the first row. So it was a great spot. Amazing that she still has, has that. A match I mentioned was years ago, obviously, the year after winning the mm-hmm. French. Uh, but this this is this is 2017, Karen, a uh, number of years removed from that title. She's still, as you attest and, and were there and witnessed, mashing the ball. And that's... Wow. Um, I'm hoping that she's taking Svetlana Kuznetsova up on the advice and will stick around because uh, obviously she can still bring it. Uh, Ranking obviously dipped, but won the title, and uh, why not? Uh, Why not continue? It's a good good life out there, so when she's got the talent to compete. And um, we mentioned also uh, Maria Sharapova at the event, uh, sort of disappointing, did win one match, uh, defeated the American Brady, and then unfortunately was not able to continue, uh, exited the tournament. Uh, What was was sort of the mood uh, on on the grounds when uh, when all that went down, Karen? You know, I mean, I think people are certainly disappointed, you know, about the tickets to, to go see her. Um, there were some people kind of questioning, okay, mm. it's her left forearm that's sore, and she's a right-handed player. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I heard some of that. But, um, you know, that's tennis, unfortunately, right? You buy a ticket, and it never guarantees that you're going to see anyone in particular. So, mm-hmm. um I think that's the hard part of being a tennis fan, you know, and I've run into a lot of new tennis fans at events saying, you know, when does Roger play or when, you know, how do I buy a ticket to see this player or that player? And I have to explain, well, it doesn't exactly work that way. I think Mm -hmm. that may be why tennis fans to me seem 
uber dedicated because you really have to, you know, kind of dig in yourself uh, yes. a, to try to see the players you want to see, but also accept that, you know, it, there is a luck of the draw in there uh, for the fans as well. No, sure, good call. And uh, before we move on from Stanford, a, a tournament obviously that you were at last week, any any other thoughts, observations uh, that you'd like to share about your time there? Yeah, a couple things. Um, the first I would say also, you know, let's not forget the doubles. And I do really um, – I'm, I'm feeling rather pleased at seeing the outcome with Coco coming back out on court under an hour after she lost mm-hmm. the singles match, stepping back out there with her partner, Abigail Spears, also another American, their first time playing together, and went for it. Both played extremely solid tennis. That was absolutely a joint win. But I got to tell you that Coco I saw a year ago also playing um, uh, Alison Risk, mm-hmm. who – shoulda, woulda, coulda won that match, started to have trouble, mentally crumbled, and I literally remember saying to myself, she doesn't want to be out on this court anymore. And the next ball, she fell, went down, injured, and that was it. And I, to this day, believe that she kind of willed herself into that injury because it was just so obvious in her body language and all of her behavior and the racket Mm -hmm. slapping and muttering to herself on the court that she did not want to be out there anymore. And so this year was a huge turnaround. You know, she could have walked away from the singles match. I'm sure she was disappointed and lovely Madison keys actually jumped into her lap right after (laughs) uh, the final point and got her kind of smiling and head up and they were laughing and having a good time. Um, But that was really nice to see and to Mm -hmm. see her come out there you know, have a disappointment, recover, say, hey, I'm still going to go out there and give it my all because I kind of wondered if it would sort of be a half-hearted effort, you know, mm-hmm. um, and potentially letting her partner down if she did that, you know, and she did not at all. Um, so that was really great to see and I think also great mental progress that we're seeing with Coco. And I think we're yeah. seeing that with her, some of her results this year too. You know, she did well in the earlier part of the season. Um, she's had – some interesting coaching switch-ups. Yes. Um, now, you know, uh, in fact, I got to see, and I'll, I'll point this out to Coco if you're listening, don't show up late to practice <laughs> because Mr. Cash was standing out there waiting, chose to grab a local kid from the standing around just to hit with, and I heard him say, she's got five minutes or I'm out of here. So Wow. <laughs> she did mention <laughs> the honeymoon was over, that he came up and trained with her, or down in San Diego, and I guess it was quite a drill, but perhaps the drill that she needs. So we'll see how that partnership goes forward. Um, so, again, that was nice to see. And the, the only thing I, I really want to say about this tournament is I, I just really hope it is better attended. Um, it was pretty sparse this year other than the final and uh, Maria's opening night, which I think was a Monday night. Um bit of a head-scratcher because California is such a huge tennis market. I mean, we've got sure. Florida and California as the primary states in the country that really love tennis with a lot of tennis presence. So um, I don't know what needs to happen, but, but I'd sure like to see more support for that next year because with the draw we had this year, like Wimbledon champion, Petra Kvitova, Sharapova, as I mentioned, Skivoni, Keys, 
Coco, Gibbs, Bellis, Kayla Day. I don't know. That's pretty exciting, and I don't know how you don't sell that out. So um, let's hope for better next year. No, compl- thank you so much for that report. Always always nice to talk to somebody who was right there uh, as all the action unfolded. So uh, great analysis of the players, Karen, observations, and, and the tournament overall. I appreciate that. And we're going to shift gears a little bit uh, cross-country going to our nation's capital where we had a joint event. Uh, and ATP 500 going uh, along with a smaller women's tournament. We're going to stay with the WTA for a little while. Just some observations I, I saw. Uh, I didn't see much of this at all, but uh, Katerina Makarova from Russia wins her first title in a few years. Uh, impressively comes from a set down in the quarters to defeat Simona Halep, a set down to defeat the young Frenchman Dodan, and then in the final comes from a set down to defeat the veteran German Yulia Gurgis. And in fact, Karen, 12 matches uh, came, uh, the victor came from a set down. Uh, as I mentioned, the final, both semifinals, three of the four quarterfinals, four of the rounds of 16. That's impressive. I mean, it, this is obviously the, the gals, uh, ladies that are down a set are not rolling over uh they they're fighting mm-hmm. tooth and nail and in and in 12 cases in washington dc including very late uh, you know we're talking about uh uh six of the last seven matches of the tournament uh were won by someone who lost the first set very nice to see yeah that's great i mean you know those are the things that keep tennis exciting right you get out there and and you see the players that maybe you don't know as well and um you know a lot of times people expect you know certain players to dominate and to win just because you know they've got the ranking but it doesn't always hold true and we know that look if you're out on the tour playing tennis professionally you're a good player Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you wouldn't be out there right and it's a matter of finding that right combination on the right day um and you know, a lot of coaches will say it too. I'd rather have a kid that works really hard versus a kid that's really talented because hard work is what is needed once you're out there competing more than somebody that just has a ton of natural ability but doesn't want to put forth the effort. So sure, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to shift over because a very nice story developing on the ATP Tour, Karen, Alexander Zverev of Germany uh, obviously won uh, the only major or Masters 1000 not won by Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal mm-hmm. when he won Rome and uh, now won a 500, his second 500 of his career, Washington, D.C., fourth title of the year. And, uh, wow, uh, Alexander Zverev has all the goods, and he is storming up the ATP rankings. And, Karen, very interesting um, he only has 65 points to defend uh, the rest of the way through the U.S. Open. He lost uh, very early first round in Cincinnati, uh, first round Canada, mm-hmm. first round Cincinnati, second round U.S. Open, 65 points to defend. That's only one U.S. <laughs> Open victory. Uh, Alexander Zverev looks to continue to ascend up the ATP rankings. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely agree. I mean, look, he's sitting at number eight right now. You just gave the – the rankings breakdown, I mean, excuse me, the uh, points defending breakdown. And, um, you know, it's going to give him, I think, a level of freedom that some of the other players are not going to have. You know, we look at Stan, (laughs) look at Novak. If, well, Novak's out, 
Um, we look mm-hmm. at Stan, who's also dealing with an injury right now. But, you know, um, big points at the U.S. Open for him this year, too. So mm-hmm. um, with the, the ranking as it's looking right now, I think the third and fourth spot are very much up for contention uh, mm-hmm. by just about anybody in the top ten right now. <laughs> a good so, call. And, and, and I put Zverev in there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I've had a chance to see him play the last couple of years, and since he uh, two years ago, Karen, uh, he came through qualifying, and he was playing first round match against Borna Chorich on grandstand. He actually had a uh, match point in that match, did not win it. Uh, interestingly enough, and uh, people were aware of him and his game, and uh, Chorich obviously was more on the radar at that point in time, and Zverev really should have won that match, but uh, he, he kind of threw it away and chalked it up to youth. Um, I talked to Rob Koenig the next day in the press box who called the match, and I said, okay, um, Zverev Chorich, who who has the better career? And I'm thinking 50-50, and without blinking an eyelash, Rob Koenig said, Zverev. And I said, why? Bigger game, bigger potential, and, and obviously the separation happened uh, shortly thereafter. Last year, however, um, I saw him play on a very small court of in the top row of, of beautiful court number three in Cincinnati, looking down on, uh, I, forget, I think it's court number 10, uh, you're able to stand on the top row of three and look down and into the other courts. Mm-hmm. And he was playing uh, the Japanese Sugita. And it got a little dicey in the first set. So I, I came down from three and went courtside to, uh, to 10. And um, Sugita got hooked on a call in a tiebreaker. Zverev actually won the first set tiebreaker. It was gifted it, in my opinion. But then really just seemed a little uninterested. Uh, he was frustrated with the ball kids, uh, was asking for a towel that came late, and uh, the chair gave him a warning, time violation warning, and Zverev, uh, he wasn't joking. He said, you know, this this time warning should go to the ball girl, not to me. Well, that didn't really mm-hmm. fly too well with the uh, sparse crowd that was on hand on a small court. But, uh, yeah, I, that just shows you, that was 51 weeks ago, Karen. Alexander Zverev has really matured quite a bit he still has Mm -hmm. some of the antics uh still has some of the russian persona uh if you will in his head with the way he he outbursts and whatnot but his tennis his winning tennis is is really making a mark on the atp tour oh for sure i mean he's got huge potential he was one of the most exciting players i saw on the outer courts two years ago at indian wells Mm -hmm. and uh, i had a friend arriving that i met at the gate with a ticket I had for him and he said any you know any matches I should go see and I said yeah <laughs> go run to court three or whatever it is right now you're not going to believe this kid and mm-hmm. he's a guy that loves tennis plays well also does some teaching and coaching here and he said boy that was an amazing match um so yeah he you know he, he's exciting to watch uh you know I think he also has sort of the I want to call it swagger, but he, you know, doesn't he doesn't get intimidated. Like, mm-hmm. let's look at look at his record against Roger. Let's look at what he's done against Rafa. Sure. He really comes through very well against the top players. It's like the the pressure and the challenge is a thrill for him, and he really steps up. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. And he's only twenty. So yeah. Good call. And another 20-year-old uh, American, Tommy Paul, uh, back-to-back mm-hmm. quarterfinals 
Uh, very nice wins in Washington, uh, defeating the young Norwegian Casper Ruud, Luca Puy, Gilles Mueller, and bounced back from losing to Mueller the previous week and, and had a very nice result. Uh, he actually even had match point against Kei Nishikori uh, in the second set, no less. Didn't get it done. Uh, the ATP show I do with Jared Pine, who uh, Jared has known about these young guns for quite some time. I've not had a chance to see Paul play live, and I asked Jared, I said, can you compare him to anybody on tour? And he said, yeah, Nick Kyrgios. And uh, I think that's mm-hmm. all anybody needs to know to uh, to tune into Tommy Paul, who, Karen, you got the email like I did yesterday. Tommy Paul, one yep. of four wild cards for Cincinnati. I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to checking him out in yeah, Mason, Ohio. Yeah, I want to check out all four of them, and, and TFO in particular, too. I've been kind of mm-hmm. spotting him here and there. I got to see him in Eastbourne some. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what the Americans. So backing up, though, to that comparison, was he yeah. talking about uh, curios in terms of talent or talent and mentality and personality? I'm just curious. Since, you know, no, more, are... more, the, more, more of the game. I, the question was more okay. about the game. Not a, yeah, so uh, it's got that, that type of game. Um, uh, I don't know how many uh, complete package Nick Kyrgios's we can handle on tour. One is, one is, one is plenty, one's amusing. But at the same point in time, the, the game of Nick Kyrgios, uh, the way he goes about it, is is must see. And if we've got a young American mm-hmm. with that type of game, then then the the tennis world is that much better, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. A couple other uh, results. Uh, just want to touch on in DC. Kay Nishikori defeated Juan Martin Del Potro third round. As we mentioned, he took out Tommy Paul. Um, Today, uh, interestingly enough, in Canada, Nishikori uh, loses, has had a match point loss to Gail Monfils. And then also a shout-out to the finalist in D.C., Kevin Anderson, who obviously has been on the shelf for quite some time. Some nice wins over Dominic Team and Jack Sock in getting to the final where he did lose to Zverev. Yeah, um, as I think I mentioned you before, with everything going on with me, I didn't catch too much of D.C., and... Uh... You know, but uh, great, great effort for Kevin, and uh, it's nice to see him back in seeing some success. Um, I know you also mentioned Kakanakis, and, you know, um, when I was at Queen's Club and got to listen to one of his pressers, I really had no idea the litany of injuries he's had mm-hmm. to endure. Um, he started listing them, and I thought, good God, why don't you just list what you haven't injured? <laughs> because yeah. it, was, it was quite quite an inventory. And, you know, he was good-natured about it, and he was saying that it, he finally is feeling like his body is back with him again, and he's mm. able to really play with a full deck, so to speak. Uh, and also kind of joke that, you know, here's my philosophy. I've had all my injuries as a young person, so when I get older, I'm going to be injury-free. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so hoping that uh you know he can he can stay healthy or healthy enough uh, to get out there and to perform because he really did play some nice tennis uh at Queen's. If only it worked like the chicken pox when you get them when you're young and you're done with them. I don't think yeah. so uh fantasy, but uh we we wish you good health going forward and um uh well, another shout out Sam Query won his uh tournament in Los Cabos uh, 250 mm-hmm. but uh we're going to shift our attention to Canada right now uh Karen we've got uh the men are in Montreal this week the women in Toronto we're going to start with the men and um 
looks like Rafael Nadal will indeed claim the world number one. A couple wins away. Uh, he's got the youngster Denis Shapovalov. Uh, a very nice win for Shapovalov over Del Potro today. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Nadal Shapovalov. That's uh, the second night match on center court. And believe it or not, the winner of that gets Young Chung or Manorino in the quarterfinals. Uh, well done for both of those guys. But uh, Rafa mm-hmm. and Shapovalov, uh, intriguing to I, say the honestly, least. Honestly, it's, it's killing me to not be able to see that one live. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I walked away from watching Dennis at Queens Club, and I said, mm-hmm. this kid plays with a passion like Rafa. He has shots not comparing to Roger, but he's beautiful to watch like Roger. He mm-hmm. has some athletics, maybe not as extreme, but sort of Malfis like. Uh, and he seems to have his head on straight for as young mm. as he is. So, yeah, I'm definitely watching that one. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you um, what, being the second. Exciting. Yeah, the second night match in in Canada. Those are going to be some boisterous uh, hometown fans mm-hmm. rooting on. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've we've seen you know Rafa get mildly annoyed at uh, at crowds, and rightfully so. I mean, some some people are just they they don't belong at tennis matches. But I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, if Shapovalov uh, maybe gets up a break or is is in a position to even win a set, uh, it's going to be in my opinion Davis Cup like uh, mm-hmm. there. So uh, could 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 affect the match a little bit I, I see Rafa winning this in in straights I really do a very nice win for Rafa today over Borna Chorich who Karen last year Chorich uh, took him out quite handily um, mm-hmm. in Cincinnati but uh, nice for Rafa to turn the tables but absolutely uh, must must watch uh, match there and um, another couple another intriguing match tomorrow We've talked about both these guys, Alexander Zverev and Nick Kyrgios. And uh, Kyrgios has had some very nice results in, in Canada after having to retire against Tennis Sangren last week in D.C. Uh, I guess we never know what we're going to get from Nick Kyrgios. He's beaten everybody that, you know, obviously beaten everybody in sight with the exception of Andy Murray. But uh, I'm I'm really undecided on this one. We If, if Nick Kyrgios is on... Even someone like Alexander Zverev might not get the win. Well, no one's ever guaranteed anything when they step on a tennis court. So, yeah, uh, you know, I just hope it's a great match for fans. I mean, I'd love to see them yeah. both out there at, at their best form. And, you know, they're one of those rivalries that's starting to form, too. I mean, they've been mm-hmm. you know, matched up a number of times now, and I believe Zverev has head to head if I'm not mistaken but I might be um, you know so let's hope we get the best of, best of both stepping on court and if that happens then there's some lucky ticket holders for that match no completely agree and uh, the head to head actually is 2-0 Nick Kyrgios they played both oh. times this year both at Indian Wells and Miami and Kyrgios uh, won in two at any Wells, three and four, one and three at Miami, six uh, four, lost the second set breaker at nine and won the third set six three. So uh, interesting. We'll uh, look forward to that one as well. And then some intriguing matches on the WTA side in Toronto. We talked about CC Bellis continuing mm-hmm. to play well, defeated 
Yulia Gerges, the finalist in D.C., defeated Svetlana Kuznetsova today. She's got Caroline Garcia next. So it's Bellis Garcia, uh, Venus Williams, Svitolina. They've only played once. And then the 17th meeting between Aga Rodwanska and Caroline Wozniacki. Any, any or all of those that you'd like to talk about, Karen? Oh, boy. Um, well, you know, I was just rereading something from Caroline the other day about her friendship with Aga as well as Kerber. So, you know, mm-hmm. longstanding friends for those two. You know, given what we've seen of this season, it seems like Caroline would have the upper hand. Uh, but, you know, who knows with Aga because, you know, she's she's got – such great skills in moving the ball all over the court and frustrating her opponents. Uh, two very different game styles. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that one, actually. And then, of course, yeah. you know, the, dif- the difference between joking with your friend off court as you're standing in the tunnel, getting ready to go in and stepping on and saying, okay, now it's a battle. <laughs> so it's always interesting to see how that that switch kind of flips with certain players yeah. and you know that they have friendships, you know. Uh, Venus and Svitolina, any thoughts on that one? Uh, you know, still a tough call. Uh, Venus playing extremely well, still extremely well ranked. Svitolina has played well, but has also shown some inconsistency of late. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm not one to call the winner because you mm-hmm. know I just know with tennis it's not that simple. It never sure. is. And uh, yep. again, I think a great matchup. Both very strong players, you know, in terms of power. Uh, Venus still think has the serving edge on that one. Um, hopefully, Venus is in a good mental state going into this one. I, I uh, wish that for her. Um, yeah. You know, uh, again, interesting, an interesting matchup. And, and Svitolina certainly has knocked some people around on the court that people didn't expect her to over the last couple of years. So um, she she's sure. ranked where she is for a reason. Yep. Good call. And before we wrap up, anything else that you'd like to highlight, elaborate on, uh, Karen? Uh, you know, also keep – Keep an eye on some doubles. As I mentioned, the doubles at uh, Stanford was was actually decently attended, given the crowd mm-hmm. size. And I just love to remind people not to forget about doubles because a lot of the most exciting matches for me have been doubles matches. Um, mm-hmm. Just briefly going back to Rafa and Shapovalov, too, this is the first time they've ever played each other. And so mm-hmm. while Rafa may have the upper hand on one end, the young player that's unknown and, you know, you don't know their patterns yet. You don't know all these other things. Not that the Nadal team won't do their research, but I think there's a difference between receiving the shots across the net versus, you know, watching videos and things like that. So uh, that's probably my match pick for the week. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you, speaking of doubles real, real quick, uh, Bouchard paired up with Sloan Stevens. Uh, they got to the DC final and then, uh, Jeannie Bouchard is paired up in Toronto with Carolina Pliskova. Bouchard was asked the question, how did this come about? Uh, hmm. And she said, Pliskova sent her uh, uh, a text, and uh, here we are. They're wild cards. Jeannie Bouchard 
Caroline Pliskova. They won their first uh, match against Sobolkova and Flipkins. Impressive scoreline, hmm. four and two. They're playing Gronfeld and Peschke next. But, uh, yeah, doubles, uh, the very in- interesting, intriguing matchup uh, pairing of Jeannie Bouchard and Caroline Pliskova. Yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't caught that one, so I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I'll have yep, to keep an yep. eye on Hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I think yep. we're seeing more of the players realizing playing doubles is a huge advantage for your singles game if you can swing mm-hmm. it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a trend that's catching on, and I like it, you know. No, so. com- completely agree, absolutely. And we're going to wrap this one up. And, Karen, both you and I will be in Cincinnati, Mason, Ohio, next week, wire to wire. Uh, looking forward to – getting underway with qualifying on Saturday all the way through the final on the 20th. And uh, a lot of a lot of names missing on the ATP Tour. I should make mention of mm-hmm. this. Uh, last year's champion, Marin Cilic, uh, colleague, friend, Christopher Johnson, um, who's covered uh, most of the uh, European swing and majors this year. He's in Croatia, in Zagreb, Croatia. Uh, he sent me a message yesterday saying that he hit on – the same court that he hit on, uh, Marin Cilic uh, was hitting on uh, a couple hours later. So Marin Cilic, the defending Cincinnati champion, still in Zagreb, Croatia at the moment. Not mm. looking promising for Cilic to defend his Cincinnati title, and uh, we have to wonder what uh, what that would mean going forward uh, with not really playing too much with uh, U.S. Open at hand. So a lot of ATP players on the shelf. That said, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to look for some of the new names uh, on the ATP World Tour to, to make inroads, get some bigger courts, uh, start to become household names. It's always exciting, live tennis, and uh, one of my favorite places, Mason, Ohio. So you and I will be there to check out the Western and Southern 2017 edition, and uh, hopefully we'll do a show or two from there, Karen. And so on behalf of Karen Health, this is Pete Zebron saying good night. We'll catch you next week from Mason, Ohio on Replay the Point. Good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus